0: We come again to the Sermon on the Mount. If you have your Bibles and are following along, you can um, go to Matthew chapter 7. And uh, I don't know if you need your Bibles today. Because we're only doing three verses. I was a little bit like, oh, what we should do is just memorize the three verses so we can have a little thing at the beginning and a thing at the end, and you'll walk out with three Bible verses memorized. That's not the goal. The goal is, and why we're slowing down, is that we've been in the Sermon on the Mount. So if you've been with us at all, even if you're visiting, you can go back and listen. The context, the the push that Jesus has made into our hearts, here's in mine, about the weight of the law and our inability to do it. You know, the car crusher compacting us into a little brick of metal. The wall that we run into And yet in the midst of it, God's heart to bless the spiritually bankrupt. (laughs) That's us. We have the most cause to rejoice because we don't deserve a single thing. And Jesus has done it all. And that's, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, And Jesus speaking to his audience, but we need it too. He's pulling out all the ways that we don't. Because I'll tell you what, when I tell people, I don't know about you. When I tell people, oh, you know what? You're a sinner. They respond something not like, no, I'm not. They and I respond with, I know I'm not perfect. Yeah, yeah, nobody says they're perfect, acts." And so Jesus is like, you know what's required? You be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And all of a sudden, I'm in trouble and Jesus is going through how I'm in trouble and I'm looking for the good news what's the good news we got it last week really like ask and it'll be given to you what's given forgiveness Amazing, full free. We've been walking through that on the Sermon on the Mount. Boy, seek and find. It's not, man, I, I, I hope I can get a Ferrari from God. It's, oh my goodness, I've been forgiven. And, and, and I see the depth of my crushing, the how I'm not who I should be, how the people around me aren't. In, and, and this amazing gift of God in Christ who shed his blood that we, you and I, might have eternal life in him. It's great news. He could end right there. He didn't. So we're slowing down today to consider what's perhaps the most well-known verse in the Sermon on the Mount. And it even has a name. Jesus didn't give it the name. We did. I want a different name. We'll look at it. We're doing just these three verses. If you want to memorize them, great. It's what we often call the golden rule, but maybe we should call it the golden fail. I like golden fail. I think it emphasizes where we're supposed to go. But let me show you. So the pathway to life is what we're talking about today. The pathway that Jesus gives towards life for you and me and the world. Let's look. So the first, we're going to talk about the golden fail. That's this verse. Verse 12 of chapter 7. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law of and the prophets. Easy, nice verse. Hide it in your heart. It's fabulous. It's good. It's maybe, like I said, the most famous line of the Sermon on the Mount. If you ask people what's the golden rule, you'll get something like this. You know, do unto others as you'd like them to do unto you. You want to be loved? Love. Do you want kindness? Be kind. Do you want to be respected? Respect others. Do you value promptness? Be prompt. You know, it's, it's, it's so basic, it's so foundational, it, it, it uh, has its own name. Christianity 101 almost, right? <sighs> Again, Jesus didn't give us the name. We did because we make this into something sort of generic-y. Right? The secret sauce, the how to make your life run smoothly, the, the how to be successful, seen as a winner, thought well of, have harmony in your relationships, have a successful marriage. It says, like, hey, I, I, I got something for you. Treat other people as you want to be treated. So I want to walk through this with you. Because I know growing up, when I, when I understood, it was almost like this, just to say, be, be a considerate person. And then we moved on to the next Bible text. Be a considerate person, Move on. Is that what Jesus is saying? I think this is an incredible statement that rocks my world, not, not in the instruction to be considerate, but in what he's actually saying. God is speaking, and he's saying, this, this is the law and the prophets. First, it starts with so. So it means therefore in this text. Therefore, what's the there, therefore? You always got to ask, right? I'm just kind of jumping in halfway. But we have this whole context, the context we just started with, right? God has given you everything you have. The Father gives because he has an amazing heart to give. So in light of the Father being real and him being your source for everything and him being, being your God, don't, don't use people for your own ends. And Jesus gives this, and, and, and he doesn't just give it, but look at the end. For this is the law and the prophets. Thanks, Jesus. I needed that, because the law and the prophets are really long. It's like five whole books of the Torah, and then another eight books of the prophets. So you're talking Jeremiah and Isaiah and, and, and Ezekiel. You're like, wait a minute, these are long books. and Wait, they can all be distilled into this? The requirement for your behavior is whatever you wish others would do to you, do to them. Well, you got to think about that for a little bit. Because initially I'm like, yeah, 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 it's not much. But, but is it? It's not a throwaway, sort of this, again, a call to be a bit kinder. He's saying this completes the law and the prophets of God. The behavior God wants of you, summed up here. And I I want to dwell on it because it's intensely practical. It's not grounded in feelings. It's grounded in actions, right? Whatever others would do to you, you do to them. Not have a warm fuzzy towards someone. This is like shoe leather on the ground. How are you going to act today? Philosophers try and tear it down by sort of generalizing it to government or societal concerns or sort of taking it to absurd extremes. But but it's not that. Jesus is talking to people. To people. To you. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, you do also to them. And, and, and it is true. I, I kind of maybe implied it. It is I want other people to... Treat me kindly, so I should be treating them kindly. It's, it's simple, right? It's, it's... It's simple. I don't got to know Jesus. You know the whole thing, WWJD, what would Jesus do? You don't need that. You need to know, what would you do? Guess who that, like, puts on the spot? You. How would you like to be treated? You can't hide behind, well, I don't really know. I'm not knowing who Jesus is. I don't know what Jesus would do, and therefore my actions are just framed out of ignorance. No, 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 no. Jesus looks at the people and says, well, however you want to be treated. I know how I want to be treated. Right, My behavior changes when I make my behavior about what I would want for me because I always spin myself positively all the time. I want consideration and fairness and kindness and even for people to respect and take care of me, especially thoughtful of me. If I'm looking at someone who has stolen from me, should I beat them? Well, all of a sudden I have this thing come in. Well, what do you wish they would do to you? Not sure I like this rule i want a deal man i love deals it's a problem in my life you know it's like when we first came to bellingham we shopped at this little russian store it was called deals only and i didn't really care that all the food was out of date <laughs> my family kind of did <laughs> it was a deal can you believe i got this it was ten for a dollar swanson they're green with mold <laughs> but it was a deal right but 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 if i want a deal. Like, so I'm searching, I'm trying to get a deal from you and bargain you down. But I'm supposed to, like, consider what you would like of to be treated, and you're selling, I'm thinking, well, they want full price. Well, I'm, I don't, I, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Right? Because if I want full price, but if I were selling, if I, if I, if I think that my buyer, I think, well, they want a deal. Do you see the tension? Like, who wins? And, and so that's what this is going after, right? Jesus is going after th- that you should use your self-interest, and you have it, to move away from yourself. That's a really big deal. I'm going to say that again. You should use your self-interest to move away from yourself. Y- you want someone to give you chocolate, give chocolate, not so they will give you chocolate. Sometimes we hear it this way, right? It's like, oh, man, if you, want, if you want someone to give you chocolate, you be the person that gives chocolate. And the idea is, if I do that, someone will give me chocolate. No, 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 no. The idea is just the flat out move away from your own desire and give that to the other person. You don't have to use deep terms like agape love. You don't have to go like deep and well, I'm supposed to love, gently love my neighbor. No, 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 you just do what you wish they would do to you. It might not even be something they like. It's about you getting away from you. It sounds really good because it is really good. This is really good. Not on some utilitarian philosophical philosophical thing. Can you find an exception kind of way? Because of course you can at the edges. It's not what Jesus is after. It's profoundly helpful in how you should morally act personally as a person with those around you, not not basing your actions on how they're acting towards you. Because that's what we do otherwise, right? If someone's kind to me, then I'll be kind. That is not the golden rule. It's, I wish they were kind to me, so I'll be kind. It's not actually based on anything they actually do. It's based on my desire for what I think the best is. And so you're basically doing the best in your own standard, how you would like to be acted upon. It is beautiful. I see it in action. It was the last night. It was, my kid had a really hard day, super hard. And, and one of my, my other kids who loves to be encouraged, and she got up and she gave this amazing encouragement to, to my daughter. We were almost all in tears. It's a beautiful moment. Seems like it makes up for all the time they're arguing over who gets to use the bathroom. So, this isn't try and be kind. Jesus is saying at all times, treat people like you want to be treated. If you enjoy love, love. If you don't like to be hurt, never hurt anyone. Always help everyone. Never hold grudges. Never seek retribution. Be reasonable. Be thoughtful. Because you want other people to be that way to you. Not because of high ideals, but because that's what you want. That's the standard, by the way, Jesus says, for your evaluation. Okay. Well, isn't there kind of a problem with this? Wait, wait, wait just a minute. Like, like how, if how you want to be treated is kind of twisted. You're supposed to be that way towards other people? No, 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 that's not what Jesus is getting at. Right? He, his is saying the desire of your heart to be treated well should guide your every action. Your self-orientation should be aimed outward at others. You want the benefit of the doubt? Give the benefit of the doubt. Jesus isn't saying in order to get it, give it. He's just saying that as you consider what's best for you, that's how you should be acting towards other people. That's why in just a little bit in the text, Peter's going to come up and say, how often do I have to forgive people? Because I'm kind of tired of it. Is it like seven times? That's like really, really kind. There's some standard of kindness I'm going to meet. I'm going to meet it. And Jesus says, keep going. Because Peter, you'll never not want forgiveness. Keep offering it to other people. So, so this, it's amazing, right? It's an easy standard in a single line that you can understand. It doesn't require for you to study the depth of moral good. It doesn't require you to like be, be a, a, a memorizer of all the laws in Leviticus. It, it, it allows you to quickly and easily see, hey, if I would like something, that's how I should treat other people. Simple doesn't get into huge societal good or how sometimes that might backfire or you know, some greater good you should be focusing on, that's above your pay grade. You just act as you would want to. That's a very simple thing for you to do, little one, Jesus says. And, and you know what? Everyone can be judged on how they do this because it's so simple. Ignorance will not be an excuse. I do not have to define love as selfless sacrifice. I don't have to have some platonic ideal. I don't have to be great at long rules. Just this simple thing. And those who think that somehow the law of God is inaccessible well, th- this isn't. It's incredibly accessible. And it's not just for Christians. Whoa, 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 whoa back up. Yeah. You know, this is a universal law. Why do I say that? Well, let me quote some other religions to you. Can I just for a minute? Here's a a sampling. Hindu. One should always treat others as they wish to be treated. Wow, that sounds like something I've heard before. Baha'i. Lay not on any soul a load you would not wish to be laid upon you. That sounds like the golden rule. Here's Buddhism treat not others in a way yourself would find hurtful. Here's Islam. No one of you is truly a believer until he wishes for others that which he wishes for himself. Here's the Sikh as thou deemest thyself, so deem others. Oh, my goodness. It's all the same. That simple statement of of how you should be. These are not minor religions. This is like World Religions 101. And they all propose, espouse, push this. How you want others to treat you, that's how you should be treating others. And and, and so you go, well, you know, if other religions want it, then it's bad. Sometimes I give examples like that, and you think, well, if the Buddhists say it, then it's got to be terrible. No, this is fabulous. Why is it fabulous? Who said it? Jesus said it my savior said it i mean mean, people do mess around with it there's something called the platinum rule have you heard that one that's just a take on the golden rule it says you should treat others the way they would like to be treated that's kind of our society today i feel like and that's a mess up jesus didn't say that you don't take however someone wants to be treated even if it's like you know it's just terrible and you would never want to be treated that way and you treat them like that they're missing the point No, this rule from Jesus echoed in other religious systems, it's fabulous. It combats the selfish tendencies we have because I want other people to treat me well. What's my problem? They don't. And on that statement, I find all sorts of excuses on why I will not treat them well. That's conditionality. We we fall into it all the time. I'm not going to treat them well because they're not being kind to me. That's sort of our natural. And Jesus comes and all these other religions. You know what? That's not the way. It's not you making yourself into the person that they need because so for example, let me give you again. They're Okay, say I really love people to give me chocolate. By the way, I say this. I do not. The, the, please don't. Okay. I love people to give me chocolate. And so therefore, I give chocolate. Look, I'm following the golden rule. And what I end up doing is giving chocolate to someone who loves flowers. Am I still following the golden rule? Yes, it's not a utilitarian thing about you meeting the other person's need. It's about you getting away from your selfishness. It's about you considering other people. It's about you being thoughtful, saying, hey, treat other people like you want to be treated. Well, I like to be treated this way, so that's how I treat people, and you are fulfilling the law and the prophets. That's what Jesus says. So it's not about this sort of, well, utilitarian, we need to figure out how society is going to run, and we're going to run it this way, so that everybody gets exactly what they... No! We're sitting here worshiping God who's told people how they're supposed to do. And he says, this is it. This is the summation of the law and the prophets. And normally when I go there, I think, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think that. But, but you know what? Jesus, it can, it can be stated even more succinctly. You just do unto other people what you wish they'd do to you. That's it, Right? God gives this freely to all the world, every religion. Here's the trouble. I brought you all to this point and trying to get you here. See, this is wonderful and amazing. And if you would do this, it's really good for you. It's everybody in the world's doing it. You know, it's, you can find celebrities don't believe in God, but they say, I have lived my life by the golden rule and it has caused me success. You will be thought of as a nicer person. You will be considered a person who's a a, a very passionate and kind person if you would do these things. That's all good. But we've misnamed it. Right? That's my whole thing coming in for us, for Christians. Not for the world. For Christians, we've misnamed it because it should be called the golden fail. Because if I look at this with anything approaching honesty anything approaching, actual honesty, I don't do it. I don't care what religion you're in. This is the instruction, and Jesus is saying, yeah, no problem, do that. I fail. I want people to be kind and thoughtful and patient and perfect towards me, and I am not that way towards them. I... We use people to get ahead. We use networking. We use resource. We use people all the time. We don't consider it necessarily bad. In fact, there's a whole Chinese way of thinking. It's called guanxi. It's like, you do a favor for me, I'll do a favor for you. And you're doing stuff for people so that you'll get ahead. It's all about your self-interest. When I very kindly, in my heart, correct my child for not cleaning up after herself, and she gives me some lame excuse with a bad attitude. I don't give her patience and a hug and clean up after her. I don't think I should, right? I give her a sharp retort and consequences. Why is that a problem? Well, think about it. I don't want that for my mistakes. I want somebody to be kind and show me the right way and pick up after me and be merciful. And, and, but I don't want that. So when, when I can follow this law and, 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 and I don't do it. You say, well, there's a reason you don't because you're doing something higher. No, that's not, Jesus didn't give that. That's not what he said. He said, this fulfills the law. What's my problem? I don't do it all the time. The only, one of the main reasons I don't want this is I want to make sure that people will think well of me. I want to preserve my reputation. And, 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 and so I act in certain ways that I don't want to act towards me because I, I'm wanting to make sure everything goes as I want it to go. I, I manipulate. L- like that beautiful moment I described with my kids. It's, it's awesome. And, and then there's the next day. I can't keep it up. There's moments of this. But if you give me more than a moment, like 10 minutes, five, I don't do this. The golden rule would be just do what you would like done to you all the time and I fail. I have excuses for why I fail. I'm fulfilling my role as a father. I'm giving what they need, even though I personally wouldn't like it in that situation. You know, if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't like this, but, but, but I need to be this way and do things they don't, they don't want. Okay, but you're breaking the golden rule. Well, some things trumpet. I guess you're not fulfilling the law and the prophets. Right? That, that's the thing. And that's why, when you look at this text and you actually start to get into it, and you don't just treat it as, well, I'm going to try and be a little more kind. No, Jesus says this is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. All the things that God appeared to Moses and wrote down so you would do, this fulfills it all if you would just do this. Just do this tiny thing. And you can understand it. You don't have to have training. You just take what you want, and that's how you act towards other people. God sees that, and He knows your heart. He knows what you're doing. Just do this. I don't! I know I should be crying. That's why Jesus backs this right up to this skinny and wide gate idea. So he says this, just do this. And then right on top of it, he says, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. This is how this is taken by most people. Hey, get her done. A practical command, complete the law, the wide gate is all those people out there who don't try and do the golden fail. I'm sorry, the golden rule. If you don't try and do that, if you don't actually do it, then you're on the wide path. You're just doing what you want to do. If you're one of the few who actually do the golden rule, then you'll get in the skinny gate. If Jesus enables you to act towards others as you want to be acted upon, if you can lose yourself and just be others-minded, you have found a difficult, hard, less traveled, but ultimately you have found the entrance to heaven. Isn't that what you've heard? What's the problem? Well, think about the wide gate. Wide. Everybody's going in it. Who? Didn't I just give you a list of every major world religion? What are they all saying? This is the pathway to life. What's the pathway to life? Do the golden rule. To go into the wide gate is to think how I'm getting to heaven is to do the golden rule. Buddhists, Muslims, Sikhs, Hindus, Confucians, Jews, Christians running towards this, saying, do this, do this. And God's like, sure, law for all. Let me read a little bit of a blog from a Zen Buddhist. I love the simplicity of the Golden Rule. Its tendency to make those I interact with happier. Its tendency to make me happier as well. It's true. The rule of treating others as you would want to be treated in their place will ultimately lead to your own happiness. People will treat you better. You'll find a growing satisfaction in yourself, a belief in yourself, a knowledge that you're a good person, and a trust in yourself. You see the problem? Do the golden rule because it'll help you. I can't get away from it. I can't get away from this evaluation of how I'm doing the golden rule. Okay, am I treating other people like I want to be treated? I'm doing pretty good and therefore people are being kinder to me and I'm finding more happiness and I'm more self-aware and I'm going down the pathway to heaven and this person is going to hell. Oh my goodness, Dax, how can you say something harsh? Because they're not in the skinny gate. Right? Even doing the golden rule, you can't get away from doing it for your own benefit. So, in the very best of the law, the most practical shoe leather, easy applied, no focus on squishy moral ethics or deep philosophy, just focus on doing as you would like done to you. And so, we focus on how it's good for me self righteous merit. This is the wide gate, religion, performance, high anthropology, piling in with all your luggage of good works and achievements and what you've earned and your strength. And, and, and there you are, and you're on it together with all the people in the world thinking, this is where we're going, look it. And Jesus says, there's another gate. It's that skinny little gate over there. You scrape in. It's small, it's hard, it's difficult because it involves giving up all that, all that performance and merit and ability. It's not the way of willpower and hard work and discipline and faithfulness. It's grace. It starts with this incredible rule actually being the golden fail. The narrow gate is it is finished, a single word from the mouth of Jesus. And what you need is not better law keeping, proof of doing the golden rule. You need deliverance from that. You need to die to your goodness as much as to your badness. And 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 don't don't hear me wrong. It's not that that hard work and performance are bad. Oh no, it's the assumption that God is impressed. It's the assumption that this is the way to self-actualization, that this is the way to a stronger you. You should do this naturally. What is more natural than treating other people as you want to be treated? And we don't even do that most of the time because we want to deal for ourselves. I want a good break for me. I want advancement from God. It's gross. We want to do this. God's not impressed. The skinny gate, it's hard because your, your mask scrapes off. You have only the truth about yourself. You cast yourself on the mercy of God. We aren't all that. We need mercy. And it's a death to yourself. It's hard. Grace. Uh, A writer I know says that this grace doesn't sell. You can hardly even give it away. Because it works only for losers and no one wants to stand in that line. The world of winners will buy cases of good advice, but it won't buy free forgiveness because it lets riffraff into the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's kind of like Jesus giving out free blue checks. Sorry, cultural reference. Right? The pathway is wide. The way is easy. If what you're doing is measuring yourself to see how you're doing and you don't look too closely, you start thinking, I'm doing this. If you start taking these commands of Jesus and you say, well, they're just talking about some, some, some soft, ethical, be kind, then you can skip right over that Jesus actually says this is the fulfillment of the very law of God. And if it's the fulfillment of the very law of God, I know I fail. Because by the works of the law, nobody's righteous in the sight of God. Nobody. Nobody. So welcome to failure. Pathway is wide and the way is easy if what you're doing is measuring yourself to see how you're doing and you don't look too closely. If you can take with you all the good deeds you think you've done, all the kindnesses you think you've built up and you and every other person on earth ignoring the law of perfection, the perfect law and ignoring that it actually condemns you and, and just going down that easy wide gate <laughs> The law and the prophets document how the people did not do what God required them to do. And this law will get you. Martin Luther said, the only thing I contribute to God's rescue of me is sin and resistance. The wonder is, that's the gate right? It's hard because I don't want to cry for mercy. I don't want to acknowledge it's only about God's love for me. My disappointments, my insecurities, my inabilities, my need to be rescued, God's mercy for me. But, but this, this, this is the argument. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. It doesn't make the law less good. It says we had to take you out of it because you're not doing it. Even this simple statement today. Our deliverance falls from the sky like manna from heaven and we receive it as unworthy as we are even as we continue to try and use law to advance our agenda. We can't get away from it. We're stuck in our flesh but we know, we know and we proclaim the grace of God has come and if you'll hear Christ this morning, he says, hey, the gate is narrow. It'll scrape everything off of you and you will die but I will resurrect you. Trust me, says Jesus because he really did pay it all for us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for what you've done. We don't deserve it. Lord, even in these short verses, even in this very simple statement of the law, oh, Father, how I wish I could do it, how I see how beautiful it is. Forgive us that we can't get away from ourselves, Lord, and you rescue us. We today cast ourselves on your mercy, on your grace, on your declaration that it's finished. We trust that you will take us all the way home. Help us, Lord, in your name. Amen.